Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! On the mic in top left, the ageless man old enough to have witnessed the miracle on ice, the MOB CBA's biggest fan and weirdly enjoys letting everyone know that his name is spelt with a C, Justin Chevalella! In the top right, the magic ball head of wisdom, Mitch Trubisky expert, and even though he's a director of the station, does his best work in his car on the way home, Grand C. In the bottom right, the Seattle Kraken's voice of the station behind Jacob Cheris spends most of his time screaming at whatever the host says, and has been successfully migrated to the talk show of the year, the Kevin Durant of phone booth, Josh Partizan! And lastly, the man, or really the thing, behind it all. The man who said he wanted new guests on each episode, and now does it with the same three, the worst takes in the college, and research expert on Jerry Rice, Joe Callahan! It's phone booth season three, and we're going for a dynasty. Kick it! Welcome all back to phone booth with the original four and maybe a guest later. We're set back in the studio for season two of C or episode two of season three. I'm your host, Joe Callahan Jr. As usual, I'm with Grant Sheets, Justin Chevalella, and Josh Bartosik. And how's everyone doing? It is Bartosik. It's Bartosik? Dude, I thought you corrected me eight times that it wasn't Bartosik. It was no, Bartosik. I correct. No, 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 no. I corrected you saying it was Bartosik because you have cr- said Bartosik the, your entire college career, and I just stopped trying because it's another headache-inducing well, moment. So I, I thought it was the opposite. So that's my bad. It's I okay. Thought I we was still doing love you, something. Um, you're always doing something. That's for sure. Well, thank you very much. All right, can we get on the show now? I don't know, you're the one that played the intro five times. We just played the intro for four minutes after saying we don't want to have an intro longer than two minutes. It's going to be a good day. It is going to be a good day. Grant's taking a knee because he doesn't have a chair. It's going to be Well, because I know I'm going to be standing up pretty soon. Oh, what the... Why, you're walking out on these takes? Yeah, he... Uh, No, I just... I I got a feeling that uh, there's something in the air today. That's a song by the Black Eyed Peas. I got a (laughs) feeling... Sorry. Greatest band of all time, by the way. Welcome back to Phone Booth, everybody. So uh, what we're gonna do is actually in a, a new segment that uh, Grant kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, proposed before, and we're going to do a first ten minute speed round. Speed of, dial. Because we're in a phone booth. You know, it's it a is phone speed booth. dial. We have to get a, a, a sound effect for it. We'll have it next episode. Hopefully, I actually like that. Um, but right now oh, no. we're working with the uh, the elements to try to create uh, more of a professional feel, as Justin wants. Because um, he said that, that our- after I left was the most professional show. So thanks, thanks a lot. The faith in me, you have. Um, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. I didn't say the show was better. I just said it was uh, more no, professional. No, you said it was better. No, no, you no, said no, no, it was no. better. Because we had no takes. Also, were we like at, supposed to like start the show? Like, why are we still arguing? Is All right, listen. Well, aren't you, uh, Joe, where we want to break start down, with the, wh- well, listen, break we down our three segments of the day. All right. If you guys agree to what I proposed. 
So right now we have we have the news break, which we'll get into a little bit more of world news than sports news, but we're covering nonetheless the Speed Bills down. Rams yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, what what the segments are called is what I'm saying. Yes. So we got first ten. The speed most recent dial. text from Grant, not yes. my text. Okay. Yeah. Good. Next twenty. So the uh, first ten speed dials are uh, news updates. Next twenty daily voicemails. That's a recap of big games, aka Bills Rams today. And then last thirty is making calls. That's our hot takes debate, and potentially a Twitter question of the day. Maybe we'll have a uh, yeah, some activity on the Twitter. Twitter somebody ask a question, sick. and we'll go and debate it. Please somebody tweet in to give guys? us something to talk with. We either need to get a okay. question from them or we post it and they give us yeah, uh, a hot answers. take, something well, like that. So either way. We'll, uh, we'll just leave a, a post and people can comment on what they want us to debate about. Sound good? Yeah. It sounds <laughs> All right, good. Cool. All right, let's go then. By the way, our phone booth, or our Twitter is just phone booth CR. Instagram is the same, and I suggest that you follow it because, yeah. Yep, phone we're booth working CR. to improve our social media presence. So. Go, uh, go tweet on phone booth CR. Go ask us a question. Uh, can be anything: NFL, college football, baseball. It does have to be sports related. Yeah, though. sports yeah. related. Go ask us a question. Um, we'll cannot, debate it. Cannot tweet about the Queen. Please don't. Yeah, tweet don't tweet. Well, you can. We're Great just trans- not going to answer it. Great transition. We're not Josh. talking about the Queen. That first was of all. part of speed dial. It no, we're talking sports we here. It's a sports sure, show. Sure. It was mentioning it, okay. not talking maybe about it. Maybe since there's more phone booths in England than there is in the U.S., maybe you can quick mention it. <laughs> That's Ma- what okay, I've just Take mentioned it. Away, it. The queen that was 96 died, and she reigned for like, what was it, almost, se- well, almost 70 years? What sympathy you have? It's in England. I don't live there. It's not my queen. There was football on, man. <laughs> All, right, All right, let's just skip right over it and get to the Bills-Rams game where... The the Bills took over and completely dismantled the uh, Los Angeles Rams, the Super Bowl uh, reigning champions, thirty-one to ten. Um, and a certain somebody who was a starter from week thirteen on into the Super Bowl did not touch the field for more than four plays or four touches, rather. Mister Cam Akers decided that either he decided or Mike Vay- Mike. Sean McVay decided that he wasn't good enough to go, so they sent the rookie in, and uh, they got completely creamed. So what do we think? What do we think happened? Do you want to start over there, Chevy? No, you got it. I'm starting. Yep. I mean, look, I think we, I think it's a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover for the Rams. We talk. I mean, it's very cliche. We talk about it all the time. Every year after a team wins, you know, yada yada. But I mean, we really look at it. Not a whole lot of a rushing attack at all from the Rams and they were they were really just it was really just the Cooper Cup show for the majority of the offensive drives for them you know I mean he had a great game 13 receptions 128 yards and a touchdown but you got you get Allen Robinson and you only target him twice and he gets one reception for 12 yards you guys they got absolutely dem- they got absolutely dismantled Jalen Ramsey let up a perfect passer rating on all th- throughout the entire game which is hilarious for a guy that talks as much Smack as he does. It's the beginning of the end. But the beginning of the end for Ramsey, perhaps. I mean, we we were talking about this, right? That the Rams could be a team that you know takes a slight step back. They're obviously yeah. still one of the better teams in the National Football League, but this is a Bills team that's you know been Super Bowl contenders for the last two three years, and I think they finally they finally really put it together. They had a really solid game. Josh Allen had probably one of his worst games of his career, is only throwing three touchdowns and two uh, interceptions. 
Okay, what okay, 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 okay. Uh, besides, is not as all his fault. Besides, though. 26 his first of 31 year. with 297, three touchdowns. See, the two picks, I think, were flukes. I don't the two think picks are flukes. Fl- he had a flukes. Well, game. Isaiah One McKenzie, of them obviously. Be credited to the receiver. Isaiah That's McKenzie. Yeah. Isaiah McKenzie. There needs to be a new stat that the other says, one. They, they said it kind of on the broadcast in a joking way where it was uh, not his fault in the stat well, category. Yeah, no, there, there needs to be a stat well, okay, called interception by receiver. There are advanced statistics like expected. It's. Well, no, there's expected the interceptions, the analytics, and then the there's analytics. yeah, actual interceptions. Anyways, um, but Matt Stafford right. had a terrible. I mean, I'm done. Yeah. Just yeah, Josh yeah, yeah. Allen outperformed Matt Stafford. Well, again. okay. So personally, I think that Matt Stafford might be the least of their concerns on this team. Their offensive line was putrid. It was really bad. And so starting off, go left tackle to interior, all the way to the right side. Joe Noteboom coming in and taking over for Andrew Whitworth. He had a good postseason last year when he was needed to plug in in certain situations. I didn't really expect him to come in and really hold his own against this Bills pass rush because you got guys like Von Miller all the way top to bottom. It's a really good defensive line. I didn't expect him to do a whole lot, but nonetheless, he was beat off the line with speed most of the time. Stafford was forced to roll out. But my main concern was the interior offensive line. Horrible. Collapsed on many occasions. And that's why you saw Stafford had the game that he did. A really poor outing because he cannot deal with interior pressure. This is what killed him from weeks about 9-15 to 15 last year, 9-16. to 16, And the reason why the Rams had that midseason slump where people said, okay, all of a sudden, this isn't a Super Bowl contender. Obviously, we saw how that worked out. They got hot in the postseason. But that all came from their offensive line. Their interior line collapsed on many plays, and you know when Stafford gets pressure from the inside, he can't deal with it. He's not a mobile quarterback, and the one thing that kills him is his hesitancy in the pocket. You saw it yesterday. He forced some bad passes. That's why he had three picks. Obviously, one of them got tipped at the line. Not exactly his fault, but he didn't have a good day. And like I said, that stemmed from the offensive line. Now, did Stafford, could he have done better? Yeah, but... I don't think he's the main cause of concern. Overall, the offense in general was putrid. Cam Akers couldn't do anything with the room that he was given. Zero. He had no room. Three yards, no carries. Daryl Henderson showed some bursts, but 3.6 yards a carry. You can't do anything with an offensive line like that. And my main takeaway from the receiving core, Allen Robinson is not going to work out with this offense. If this offensive line continues to break down like it did yesterday, and, you know, given the Bills' pass rush, Bills' defense, probably going to be an elite unit in the NFL this year. But if this Rams' offensive line is going to struggle the way that it did, guys like Allen Robinson, who have lost a step, lost a little bit of burst, and take a while for their routes to develop downfield, unless Sean McVay adjusts, which he probably will. He's a very, very good offensive play caller. Maybe it wasn't shown in full effect last night. I think he got a little bit more hate than what was deserved. But if this offensive line cannot give Stafford enough time to go from, you know, read number one, read number two, okay, now I can check down. If they don't allow him to go through and progress through all of his reads, this team's going to struggle. I think they're a postseason team. I don't think there's any need to overreact. But this team isn't going to go anywhere this year unless, A, they can figure out a way to get guys like Allen Robinson involved. B, Odell Beckham comes back. They sure look like they need him. Or C, the offensive line completely improves and shows a totally different performance from what was shown yesterday. I think my issue is more or less trying to 
to evaluate the Rams against good teams this season? Because I don't know how much the O-line problem is. Obviously, you talk about losing Andrew Whitworth. You're replacing Andrew Whitworth is going to be a challenge in and of itself, let alone who goes in there. Um, but I don't know how much of it was the Rams' woes or the Bills just being that good. Because now, even when Von Miller is as old as he is, they, they said his name about 18 times. He had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal. Yeah, he he had was a phenomenal unreal. game. And it's not only him. I mean, they were he, Stafford was sacked seven times. So I think the one issue that the Bills had last year was they had a tremendous secondary. But the one thing that they didn't have against the the offenses that they faced was they didn't get that main guy in the pass rush. They had a good back end with their two safeties obviously being all yeah. pro players. But the reason why they went and drafted Kyrie Elam is because that cornerback number two position, whether yeah. it was injury or something else, there was always somebody open. That's the thing. Like they had a pretty decent pass rush. They had a good back end. But there was always that one piece missing, which is why they went out and got Kyrie Elam. And obviously, you know, he's not the one starting now. They've got the sixth-round rookie um, blanking on his name right now. He's in the starting lineup. But, I mean, they played well enough last night. Ten points allowed to the defending Super Bowl champions. That's pretty good. But, I mean, I'm still concerned about this Rams team. That offensive line, even if it can't perform – if they can perform a little bit better than they did last night, then I think the Rams will be in okay hands. But – it's got to be, it's got to be leaps and bounds from what they showed last night from all phases of the offense, not just the line. Stafford's got to be better. The receivers have to be better. It can't just be a one-man wrecking crew with Cup. It can't be. I mean, defenses are going to cue in on him strictly. If they can send a four-man pass rush and get Stafford to hesitate in the pocket, there's got to be something else there. The running back's got to pick it up or else this team, like I said, is in trouble. Yeah, I think one thing before I send it off to Justin to get his uh, solo monologue out is – I, I just the other thing that really does does irk me is I don't think that you know taking Henderson and putting him for Cam Akers was an answer even in this game because I feel like Cam Akers is more of a receiving back he is more of a red zone passing threat let alone running threat on that team and Henderson I mean he's a rookie he has to develop but again Daryl Henderson. Team, well, yeah, he's been around for a few years. I know, but what you, I'm saying, oh, okay. what I'm saying is, he's the younger guy in this oh, offense. Right. Acres has been there, and Acres, to me, and, and it's not just because I'm pretty I, sure Acres is younger. I'm not gonna. Ak- I don't want to be quoted on that. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm talking sure about. Akers I'm talking about younger. in the offense because he was there last year, and Acres like so Henderson's been there since Todd Gurley was there, I think. Maybe yeah, but he wasn't long. in the starting lineup. Akers is 23, Henderson's 25, so you're wrong on both fronts about the rookie and the age thing, but continue. <laughs> All right, whatever, Justin, I'm just sorry. What? Oh, well, I mean, I only got to watch half the game because I was messing up what minute we were on in the soccer call, but – um, Are you gonna, are you really going to plug yourself again? I am, yeah. Okay. Had a great call until I realized I said 86 minute instead of yes, 80 second. Yes, we heard but it, that's Chip. Being... <laughs> Get your point across. Oh, we yeah. only have 45 minutes. So, obviously, I might have to come back from my point that the Bills aren't going to make it the playoffs because they looked pretty, pretty good last night. Now, I echo a lot of the same concerns that Grant just did in terms of the wide receiver room look off last night. It looks like the chemistry was missing with Stafford. I think Stafford looked fine. It's hard for him to not look or it's hard to him to look hard for him to look good like what Joe said when there were seven sacks. The offensive line is going to be a concern for this Rams team and offensive line is usually the one of the slower positions to develop in terms of 
like how much time they need and stuff coming into camp just because I mean they're working hard down in those trenches every single game every single practice so it usually does take a little bit of extra time for offensive line develop I'd give them two or three weeks before you start making changes or at least trying to you at least have to I mean maybe technique wise you start working on the changes there but in terms of personnel you can stick with this o-line see if anything changes all i know is that von miller shouldn't be getting by that much um in terms of cam Akers, there was concern coming in that he was still not fully healthy um obviously coming off that achilles last year so this might not be a full henderson looked better or this or that this could still be the fact that cam Akers is coming off of an achilles injury where he came back in record amount of time and it's just his explosiveness is probably missing right now look at Saquon last year it took him an entire even last year when he was healthy that explosiveness wasn't quite there yet Cam Akers it's going to take a little bit more time especially in the amount he came back in so I don't think this everyone's like oh Cam Akers didn't play he didn't do this well you shouldn't have drafted him in the fourth round of your fantasy league to begin with but Akers, I'm not concerned there Sean McVay will figure it out this is the first time he's been below 500 um, to, or this is the first time he's lost a season opener. He's this is the first time a team he's ever coached has been under, under 500, 500, right? Ever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's crazy. sure, it's uncharted territory, but it's also just one week. I think the Rams will recover. They'll be just fine. They'll make a push for the playoffs. They'll most likely get into it. And on the Buffalo side, things look pretty good. We talked about the two picks. I can't fully blame it on Josh Allen. Now, everyone raising the MVP stakes for Josh Allen, I think you you need to take a seat because it's still a little bit too early. I mean, I think you made I think you made some good points, and I th- I mean, again, I I don't want to be concerned about Cam Akers in the running game, but I think Joe had a good point about the fact that the fact that Daryl Henderson is also not showing, didn't show out a whole lot last night. You need some form of running attack especially for a team that has a very immobile quarterback and a quarterback that had an elbow injury and a guy that's up there in age, and you're a team that, as of now, is just Cooper Cup on offense and nothing else. I mean, they'll have time to figure it out. They play the Falcons next week, and that's not – I think we can all agree that's really not the best defense in the world. So they'll have some time to figure it out. But I think this is definitely a good, uh, good building block for both teams in different aspects. I mean, you look at this roster top to bottom, yeah, it was definitely a hard task that they had to face to even be able to develop a running game. When you look at their entire defensive front, from the front seven and then secondary members who are pretty good against the run as well when you look at guys like Micah Hyde who can come in there at points. But top to bottom, this Bills team wasn't going to let them develop a run game, which is what Sean McVay likes to do. But I am a little bit concerned about Cam Akers. You saw his inefficiency in the playoffs. He got fed the football, but he wasn't running for, I mean, he was, he was probably well under four yards a carry. I'd have to go look at the stats, but I, I guess, you know, that's where I sit with the Rams right now. Most likely a playoff team just because they have too much talent on that roster not to make the playoffs. On the Bills side, though, I mean, you guys think that they're the team to beat? I don't know who else really stands in their way when it comes to top to bottom. This is a loaded roster. Yeah, I think right now they're the team to beat. I think I think they were still kind of the team to beat coming into the season. I mean, you can maybe throw I guess really the Rams were in there. The Buccaneers would have been in there before. AFC offense. wise is what I should a- say. A- a- AFC wise definitely. 
I still think league-wise you could probably say that, especially after they dismantle yeah. the reigning champions. Um, I think they're definitely a team to be. I think they've – I mean, this is – I mean, we said it last year too, but this is all in like Super Bowl or bust right now for the Bills, I think. I think you can, I think that's pretty fair to say at this point. Well, on that note, should we uh, should well, we go we to some of our breaking news? Like actually, really? in the MLB terms, um, if you don't mind me. This yeah, is we'll, we'll second, go to our breaking news period. This is my second talk show today that has had a breaking news segment in terms of baseball. Uh, Jeff Passan is reporting that Major League Baseball will now voluntarily recognize minor league players' efforts to unionize with the MLB Players Association, according to Rob Manfred. The rapid timeline for minor leaguers to join the MLB PA has now hastened. So that's big because minor leaguers have not been part of the Players Association. They really haven't had the rights that the major league players have, I guess is the way to put it, when MLB shut down earlier or were in that lockdown because of the Players Association. The, ML, the minor leagues were still going. So this changes all of that. If that happens again, there goes the minor leaguers too. Yeah. That's... Well, I mean, we, we didn't get the breaking news originally, if you want to break that yeah. again for us. All right, so the breaking news from this morning is that Should Major League Baseball Competition Committee has voted to implement the pitch clock and ban defensive shifts starting in 2023. That's a 15-second clock when the bases are empty, 20 with the runners on base, and two fielders on each side of the second bag, second base bag, excuse me, and both feet on the dirt at all times, along to go along with a unanimous vote for larger bases. So, big changes from the MLB world today, and I don't know how you're going to feel about or how everyone feels about um, these changes. I personally hate them, except maybe the shift, but the pitch clock I don't like. Oh, also pickoffs are limited now too. So. <laughs> That's just funny. changing the game. I like the minor yeah. league stuff. I think the minor leaguers should have better things. There's, I mean, minor leaguers are controlled for up to six years before yeah. they get their own say in things, and that's just, I mean, same with the major league players. But now we'll have to see how tendering contracts, renewing contracts, and arbitration, how that changes with the minor leaguers now able to get a little bit more up there in these negotiations. They've got more representation and more leverage, I'd say, now with the league in general, which is nice. But going back to what you said about the pitch clock, pickoffs, all that kind of stuff, what this tells me is that uh, Manfred's decision to go and give the college kids uh, free streaming for the rest of the season, that was to go and kind of block out this giant just whirlpool of changes that he would go and place on the rest of the league. So that's what that tells me. Um, I mean, honestly, I think he probably should have done it after. He probably should have said, hey, we're going to do all these changes with the pitch clock and uh, defensive shifts and pickoffs. Oh, but, you know, rest of the season, college kids, you guys get to have free streaming. Um, but no, I, I don't like all the changes. I don't think that there's a need for all the changes because right now I feel like baseball is in a good place. I feel like entertainment-wise – this is probably the most most traction that the league has gotten in years because, I mean, there's a ton of reason. You've got well, really entertaining baseball players right now in the game. The Yankees are good, and as much as I hate to say it, when the Yankees are good, baseball is good. Aaron, um, well, obviously, personal-wise, it's yeah. Aaron Judge chasing the AL record. It's Albert Pujols, who's been out of nowhere yes. hot again. You have Shohei Otani. Chasing who's, 700. You have Shohei Otani, who's taken over the baseball world the last couple of seasons. It's been trades galore. Mike Trout still Mike Trout. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Except yeah. that back injury, a little yeah, concerning. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like something he's going to have to deal with forever. I mean, we can yeah. keep going on. We can go Jazz, on and Chisholm, on. Ronald Acuna, though, he's had a down year coming off his ACL. Um, down year has still been a pretty good year. There haven't been as be many 5 tool players in baseball, I'd say, in – I, I have to, I, I I have to like, agree. Yeah. I, you know, there's still the bottom dwellers, the A's, the Royals. The Pirates. There the always Pirates. will You be. can say the Pirates. There always will be. And That's there's sports. also the teams out in front. Well, the Yankees were out in front. The Astros have pretty nice cushion. Dodgers. But I feel like the middle ground is more competitive yes. than it normally is. Yes. And that's exciting, especially in the AL. I think you have a few more teams still in it. Um, I know – the NL has already had two teams eliminated from playoff contention. I think um, the Pirates and Nationals, or the Pirates still alive? Pirates are still alive. It's just the Nationals. All right, so then it's the A's, the other team in the AL. So whatever. either way, no matter which way you look at it, baseball's in a good spot. And personally, these rule changes that are supposed to speed up the game, they're going to frustrate the players. Yeah. Because now mm. these pitchers, who's the one on the Astros? Who has the like Garcia, yes. Jose Garcia? Who has the weird? He has the longest delivery in the game. Could take up to like twenty five seconds. Changes his game style. Now he has to change. Wouldn't be surprised to see all of his numbers down, down next year. Not or up, depending on down for a pitcher's good, a up for a pitcher's year, bad. So yeah. it's going to be a down year for him. I. It's just going to make pitchers angry because they're most affected. The hitters are always ready to hit, and in terms of the shifts. The hitters are going to like it. The pitchers are going to hate it. So what this means is MLB is really looking for a way to create the offense. Yes. Because they think that draws in the younger crowd. It's, personally, it's manufactured, though. Pers- yeah. Personally, the one nothing games I find some mm-hmm. of the funnest. Yeah, sure. 12 to 11 is great. But one nothing when both pitchers are dealing, you don't really get much better mm-hmm. than that. Because, you know, once you start a 12-11 game, Every two seconds, you have a pitching change. Those, mm-hmm. That one nothing game, one mistake changes the game, and those are more exciting, at least to me, to watch. So manufacturing the offense is not going to be good, and I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years the MLB goes back and reverses things because the, I think yeah. they're going to realize that banning the shift is going to create too much offense. The pitchers, again, the pitchers are going to absolutely hate it, and who knows, could the juice balls be back because mm-hmm. – I mean, they're trying to create offense, and there's been reports that some balls are coming out different this year and depending on the game. So, personally, I don't like these rules at all. I could see limitations to the shift, but fully banning it, I think, is not ideal. And, again, the pitch count, if you're not going to watch a baseball game, I said this, I think, last week or the first week, if you're not going to watch a baseball game at 3 hours and 15 minutes, they're still not going to watch it at 3 hours and 14 minutes because at the end of it, this pitch count's not really going to change the final time too much. And if you look in the minor leagues, there's been games that have finished in under in two hours. In under two hours, what part of a, as from a fan perspective, do you go, oh, I'm going to drive an hour to a major league ballpark, which means an hour back, but I'm going to spend two hours, only or less than two hours at the ballpark. Nobody wants that. If you're at the ballpark, it's a fun experience, no matter how long it takes. Yeah, if you're on t- watching it on TV, it might not be as fun when it's three hours long. But from a revenue perspective, sure, you might get more people to click on when the home runs are flying out and there's mm-hmm. more hits and runs. But in terms of at the ballpark, if you have games that start going under two hours, uh, even under two and a half, 
you you're going to lose the revenue coming in through the gates. You're yep. also going to lose out on food sales, um, alcohol sales because they're big at ballparks, merchandise because they're just not there as long. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to want to purchase all this. They know they can go two hours without going up and buying a fourteen dollar hot dog and twenty eight dollar out beer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, it's becoming more of more or less about the streaming than anything else because that's obviously what the MLB is focused on. All of the different streaming changes throughout the season, and now this. There, it's a good business decision if you're looking at it that way. I mean, it's a strict business decision. You're going and you're looking strictly at clicks, how much revenue you can get because every sport is turning into more and more about where can I stream it, when can I stream it, how can I stream it, and everything is becoming slowly more accessible for every single fan no matter where they're from, what demographic, anything, doesn't matter now. So it's strictly business. But now you're damaging what the true baseball fans are really getting out of this experience. So Rob Manfred, he's a businessman. He's not a true commissioner, I'd say, because he's not thinking about what's best for his players. He's not thinking about what's best for the real baseball fans. It's just all a numbers game for him at this point. And just to go off your point about the streaming, there was a weekend or a four-game stretch where the Yankees played on four different things. Apple TV, Amazon, Yes Network, which is their regular cable market, and then Peacock. There was fans who had no clue where the game even was. So, yeah, sure, maybe you can figure it out. But at the end of it, fans just want, honestly, consistency. And going four different networks within a period of four or five days, whatever it was, does not help you at all when it comes to watching these games because nobody wants to see it. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, Joe, unless you got something. No, I was just going to say, like, when you talk about the rule changes, imagine if we just decided to take out Tampa 2 in 2002 as Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl at it. Or, like, zone defense back when it was – you know, banned in in the '80s and '90s, and then you bring it into the NBA again. Imagine if we banned that. That's actually that's a really good point. Oh, that's I mean, a great point because that's a whole thing. Having a shift on also requires the hitters to actually change how they play now, the game too. And now, if we want to go further and compare it to other sports, now what happens if you put, let's say, a quicker shot clock on basketball? Even just look at the differences between college and NBA, where the college one's a little bit longer, or a quicker time clock, quicker on, uh, football. If, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, you're gonna have sloppier play. The pitchers are not gonna be able to handle this because pitching is an isn't a natural movement. That's why there's so many elbow injuries that it come requires with it. immense concentration. Like you yeah, need, you to, need more than 20 seconds to, to throw speed a pitch. That up, and it's 20 seconds when you start your delivery. So sure, if Jose, Jose Garcia still wants to pitch after he starts his delivery, if he still wants to take 20 seconds, but it'll become a judgment call from the umpires. Be like. Well, he was starting to move. However, he wasn't actually on his way to the plate. He could have been doing a pickoff, blah, 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 blah. And now you get the umpire judgment, and we've seen umpire judgment is always great. Well, and that's another mm-hmm. thing is that and people have that still, people have still been in. calling for umpires to be completely removed from the game, and now you have the umpires who have to do more work as it is. You're going to see a lot more umpire shortages most likely if you're going to have them do not only be an umpire and get ridiculed for missing – Missing plays at the plate, missing balls, missing strikes. If they start messing up how the pitch clock works, that's going to be a whole nother realm of disappointment for all those fans that are already calling for several umps' heads, like, you know, Angel Hernandez. Well, speaking of missing calls, it would be a shame to miss our tweets. 
oh, on, the, uh, on the Twitter page. Are we good for that? Yeah. Good like transition. That's, that's sexy. We got, we got like two, two pretty good questions so far. All right. So uh, first one that popped up, rookie of the year predictions for, I'm assuming, NFL, uh, because we're talking pre, so. pre-NFL predictions. Rookie of the year predictions. Now I guess we can all go through offensive and defensive uh, possibly debate a little bit, but uh, can we add special? Joe, you got me in the top of your head. They don't actually teams. give out the award for special teams. <laughs> Jordan but Stout, I just want to give Jordan Stout an award. So. Matter <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, I mean, we can start with <laughs> offensive if we want to go around the room. I don't want to be the first one though, because I gotta. I think I got a pretty. Don't happy look one. at me, no. Nah, someone else start. start. Sheets, you start us off. I start us off on the first segment. You. Uh let's see. Offensive rookie of the year. Um. I'll go with punter matter. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, no, let's think. So, offensive rookie of the year. Oh, man. Who do I want to go with? Well, for a while I was leaning Jahan Dodson. No uh, bias. No, no bias no, whatsoever. No, no bias from the Penn no State bias from the Penn State, State Commanders the Washington fan. Commanders. Oh, man. Um, see, this is a hard one. Defensive rookie of the year. I can go ahead – I'll give you that one. I think it's going to be, once again, no bias, Jaquan Brisker. Um, yeah, to be fair, no, he has no, like he, an absolute dog, though. D- yes. Yeah, my defensive fair, rookie of the year, I, I think Jaquan Brisker is going to be an immediate uh, impact on the defensive end. You saw him, uh, even in the preseason games, flying around the field. What was it, three straight plays that he forced? I mean, he practically forced a three and out all by, by himself, himself yeah. um, in that one preseason game. I mean, he's shown that he can get it done in run defense in the passing game, anything. I mean, this looks like almost, um, oh, man, what's his name? Jamal Adams, back when he was with the Jets. It's the mm. same type of player. Blitz you can boy. move him in the box. Yeah, Blitz boy. That's kind of what Jaquan Brisker showed us in the preseason. If And, you know, considering the Bears, their defense is going to be pretty awful this year, considering they got a lot of guys out the door. He's going to need to do a lot. So I think Brisker is going to be my pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year just because there's so much that he offers for the Bears' defense, and he's going to need to do a lot the second that he steps on the field. So that's my Defensive Rookie of the Year pick. Uh, Offensive Rookie, man. Chris Olave. I'm I'm going Chris Olave. Olave Garden. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) God, that was really bad. That was really bad. Uh, yeah, Chris Olave, just because I think Michael Thomas, he's shown that he can't stay on the field, he can't stay healthy. And this offense, whether you like it or not, even with Alvin Kamara and the rest of that deep backfield they've got, this is a passing offense. This is what they have been for almost a decade now, going back to Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara doesn't get a lot of handoffs in the run game. He never has, probably never will. He's been used more of a passing back, and this is going to be a passing offense. So Chris Olave. He's shown that he can be a route runner at all three levels of defense, short, medium, and deep route runner, um, and he's going to get a lot of volume. Mike Thomas, if he can't stay on the field, you've got Olave, you've got Jarvis Landry, and you've got the rest of the guys behind him, but I think Olave is prone to get the most touches. He's bound to get the most uh, receiving volume from the second that he steps on. That's that's fair. So, offense, see, off, I'll go defensive first because you went defensive first as well. There's obviously a, plenty of people that you could pick, but I, I'm thinking Kyle Hamilton, just because Kyle Hamilton, you know, he was. For some reason, I thought you said offense first, and I was going, wait, Kyle Hamilton's not on no, offense, but no, yeah. So my reason is obviously I think Amon Garner is a good option, but he's playing on the Jets, and the Jets is the Jets, and and you cornerbacks know, don't get the same love. Cornerbacks don't that get the safeties, same love that linebackers, safeties do, defensive exactly. ends. 
Exactly. I don't. I don't like. I don't like the hype around Aiden Hutchinson and um, Trayvon Walker. I really don't. I think. I mean, Trayvon Tim, was pretty good in the preseason. He was, yeah. But he again, it's one of those good. things where Kyle Hutchinson too. But Kyle Hamilton good. was one of those guys that was like the yeah. most all-around NFL-ready talent that yes. slipped directly into a beautiful situation. And by the way, getting to go play on that Ravens defense that's already so loaded, he's just gonna. It's gonna make him look that much better. And the Ravens are a team that, if healthy, are probably one of the better teams in the NFL. The if is obviously the massive part. On the offensive side, originally I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit off the board here. Originally I was thinking Garrett Wilson, but he doesn't have he doesn't have his quarterback for was it the first four weeks? Was yeah. it? Zach Wilson's out for the first four he weeks. He might return week four. If not, he's out four weeks. It's something like that. Three to four mm-hmm. weeks. We'll go there. I'm going to go Sky Moore. I like that. I think Sky Moore in a Chiefs offense for a dude that's only been playing receiver and has only been playing football for about three years and has shown this much potential and is just still so raw, I think in a Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid-led offense, he's going to absolutely flourish, especially now that Tyreek Hill is no longer there. I think he's. I think by maybe week five or six, he becomes the wide receiver one in Kansas City and just absolutely torches everyone. I think. I think that's he's my, he's my guy. I think defensive for me is wait, going. Wait, so were you saying that the sky's the limit for more? Oh my God, Jesus! I will walk out in about. I will walk out. <laughs> I might walk I swear. out. <laughs> um, so my my as for defensive for me, I, I think that it's going to come from a team. Sort of like the Cowboys with uh, Micah, where it was kind of, you sit there with kind of a mid-level team, not going to really be anything, but then you have that one shining star. I think Sauce Gardner could be that guy. Because the Jets, I don't think they're going to really do a lot. So they're going to look for one guy to be that guy on that team, and he's going to have... I, I mean, interceptions might be up there. I liked him better than Stingley, but Stingley was picked before him and went to the uh, Texans, I believe. I think they'll both be locked down. Yeah, I think they'll both be sauce. locked down, but I think the Jets will sauce. have a little bit sauce. more of the spotlight in New York and all that. I mean, when you get into the defensive star that Thibodeau is for the Giants, you get that sort of thing. I think Gardner's going to have a better one. season. Well, true. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, for for offensive, I'm gonna go Daryl Henderson. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm gonna be honest with you. The the, the I, I did not I did not know. Uh, they, they kept saying Henderson was new. I assumed that he was he was new to the offense. Those years where he split with Malcolm Brown were kind of a little bit of a haze for me. So I'm I'm sorry that I didn't. It's okay. Have, it's not the worst. Football, it's not the beforehand. worst thing about football you've said on this show. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, keep it, it going. It Let's go. We got 20 not. minutes. But I, I think I think got a really I think question. you guys missed. E- even though he, they said that the news came out that he wasn't having that great of a camp and his quarterback was really kind of having a little bit of uh, passive aggressiveness towards him, I still think Watson's going to be that guy in Green Bay. I think really? by week three, I like that. he's going to be That's the number good. one for Aaron Rodgers because his play style is much I mean, more out. alike, true, yeah, Lazard's, Lazard's and it's much that, more oh, alike Devontae God. Adams than now he's just a younger, taller receiver that he can kind of be that number one mm-hmm. for Aaron Rodgers. Once he gets the offensive acquainted, once he gets his, his legs under him in the NFL, I believe that Watson's still going to be that number one guy in Green Bay. He's such a Green Bay Packer. I mean, you look at guys like Jordy Nelson. I mean, I see, I see them as very comparable. Oh, but with Lazard out, 
I mean, he's most likely out. He's doubtful. They're probably not going to push him for week one. Yeah. If you go and Christian Watson plays, and he's against a Vikings secondary, that's mm-hmm. pretty rough. Uh, oh, excuse me. Wait, no. Packers. Is it Packers-Vikings week one? Yes. Yes, Packers-Vikings. So, yeah. Okay. If Christian Watson goes and he has an incredible game, he's not going to look back after that. So I like that pick. Mm-hmm. Chevy? All right. So for I'm going to start offense just to mix things up here. And I'm going to go to the team in New York that I dislike, which is actually the New York Jets. And here's why. When you look at offensive rookies this year, one stands out in the depth charts compared to the others, and that's Brees Hall being RB1 for the Jets right Ooh. out of the gate. And normally normally it takes a lot of talent for a rookie running back to be number one on the depth chart. So the Jets coaches, so that's Sala and – oh, who's their offensive coordinator? Someone from San Francisco. Oh, isn't it the other – um, The Jets offensive coordinator you're saying? Yeah. It's, oh, um, what's his name? Oh, it's Michael, Michael Floor. It's, That's uh, who, it's Matt's, Matt's yes, brother. Yeah. Yes. So, Brees Hall, I think, especially with who mentioned that his quarterback's out for. Uh, I believe that was Josh. Zach Wilson's out yeah. for three, four weeks. And who's their backup? Well, it's Joe Flacco. And sure, Joe Flacco goat. was a passing, uh, a passing quarterback, not a running, which means that, I don't know, it just seems – almost inevitable that Brees Hall gets a big role, especially those first four weeks when I think the best option for the Jets, if they want to win, is going to have to be go with the run and then play action to catch the defense offside. And I don't remember who they're playing off the top of my head. but um, Which team? Jets. Ravens. Ravens. So it's going to be a tough matchup, but I still think Brees Hall can find a way to have a good game. And all season, I think Hall coming out of Iowa... Is it Iowa? Iowa State. Iowa State, State. Iowa State. State. yes. Um, I think the second-round pick could be one that really prospers in New York. For defense, I find it a lot tougher to choose one. Yeah, I think there's, one, is. a lot of good players, and two, a lot of question marks. Yeah. You know, I would say Kayvon Thibodeau, but right off the bat, he we don't know when he's going to play. So I'm going to actually go to Devin Lloyd in Jacksonville. Like that. And the reason I'm picking him over, like, a D-end or – a you know corner or safety is because linebackers are always right in the middle of the action, which I don't want to say makes it easy to get a lot of stats, but compared to some of the other positions, linebackers one that once you're in there, you're in there and you're making plays. And Lloyd coming out of Utah, look, he's not the flashiest. He wasn't on that Georgia defense like Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker, who everyone like loves. But I think Devin Lloyd fits perfectly in Jacksonville, and we'll have to see what Doug Peterson in his first year back in the league since his stint with Philly, what Lloyd can do. And I think Lloyd, the 27th overall pick in the draft, can um, do pretty well down in Jacksonville. I like that. So mm-hmm. going on to our next question from Daniel Carter. Well, the Cowboys – Do we even uh, need to go into this? What was that? Uh, we I think we'll, we'll, we'll go around the table. Uh, like, will the Cowboys be a top three defensive unit? Um, no. Can I go first? Go ahead. You quickly name me uh, three defensive units as well that um, you would name over there. Eagles, the Bills, and uh, – to be honest with you, Steelers. Okay. The Steelers that's just that's the, I could still keep going. See, for me personally, I mean, okay, I'm not struggling with this one. I mean, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Anytime that you place any sort of expectations upon them, they will they'll be sure to fall short. Um, but, I mean, I do think the Cowboys' defense will be very good. You look at Micah Parsons' year two, the secondary. I mean, it's still obviously a concern that Anthony Brown is still getting starting cornerback reps in the NFL. 
definitely concerning. Um, but the defensive line, I mean, you lose Randy Gregory, but you're still otherwise of a very deep group. I mean, going even down to the third and fourth defensive tackles on this team. Uh, top three, no. Not a chance. Top 10, sure. Top 10, yes. Top I would give it top 10. I'd give it top seven. I don't even think that the best defense in their division. Well, yeah, because you mentioned the Eagles. I, I need yeah. to see the Eagles play together before we go and we name the top yeah. three because there's so many the new. The Eagles definitely hold the advantage in on the... paper. Yeah, on, on paper. paper yes. On paper. You, I mean, look, I mean, Jordan if the Chargers, Davis, you get Nicobe. I mean, this is not even in crazy the same secondary. Bradbury. Yeah, Bradbury. Johnson Gardner Johnson, who they that, just traded for. That was yeah. such a good pick. He's such an eagle. He's such an eagle. It's so great. I pers- Anyways, oh, you well, I was going to say that, like, I mean, I know we were sticking in the NFC East, but. I mean, you can even throw other teams like the Chargers in there, although their run defense is still pretty Once mad, again, need to see them on paper. Again, I mean, in, in, game, in, game, s- in game, in game, in game. In game, And you could say the same for the Cowboys. I just I don't like putting expectations on this Cowboys team that is going to probably disappoint once again. The Steelers, I don't see as a top I don't see them as a top defense. I don't see them top ten. Actually, I can agree with that because retire, you have you, um, Cameron Hayward's 100% going to retire most likely. Well, no, Joe Hayden's I'm talking gone. about the other um, – oh, what is his name? Longtime Steeler. Uh, just retired. Stephon Tewitt? Stephon Tewitt. There Stephon we go. Tewitt was a Stephon beast. Stephon Tewitt retires. He, I mean, they get Larry Ogunjobi. That's, that's an offense. That's I, a defensive line like. that was really bad. That was a run yeah. defense that was terrible, and you're very old besides uh, Leal that you just drafted. Yeah. Your secondary Awful. is terrible. Akello Witherspoon and Cameron Sutton. I mean, Cameron Sutton, I, I don't Maybe mind. Maybe Steelers was a stretch, but um, I think the Cowboys are in that The Steelers have a good linebacking core, especially now, because you have Miles Jack and TJ Watt, but it's so just Miles Jack and TJ Watt. That's and it. I need to see Minka Fitzpatrick is still so. a good yeah, safety, but, I feel like but he's aggressive. Parsons, who's, you want to throw Diggs as a good corner? Giving up 1,000 yards in one season doesn't really tell me he is a great That corner. is his play style, though. That's I, his, okay. that's his I play style. I, I just I've think come it's to overrated. The point, I, I've come to the point where Trayvon Diggs gets so hated on that I'm D-Law's actually kind of overrated. Like, you're kind of on, on the Trayvon Diggs. No, but I, I agree with the Steelers. That, that's a defense that everyone's like, oh, the Steelers will win games because of defense. No, they won't. Yeah. Unless hard. people are no. only throwing in the direction of TJ Watt and Miles Jack, which they're not yeah. going to. I don't mind. I mean, okay, we I all like know. I like Fitzpatrick, we, too, but We've all heard safety. the story. I know. We've all heard this story before. You know, the Steelers, oh, they're going to suck this year. Yeah. We, it's just like the same they're sports They're going to go books. in, Nate. I was going to say. They're going to have a winning, winning record. Th- this yeah. is the same. It's Mike Tomlin. The same book, yeah. same story that we've read a thousand other times. It's like uh, all of those. Oh, man, what were those sports books that you read in, like, middle school? Like, Million Dollar Throw. Um, <laughs> oh, Mike, my Mike, my, my, Mike, Mike Lupica. Lupica. <laughs> that man was. Mike Lupica. Yeah, oh, it's like the same book. Writer. You always know the ending. Steelers have a winning record. But here, and now that we're on the Steelers really quickly, I just want to say that if the Steelers do end up having a losing record, if people call for Mike Tomlin's head, they should personally not be Steelers fans, but that's a different topic. Next yeah, question. that's fair. Uh, um, yeah, well, go, go to, for it. Go oh, yeah, my bad. Cowboys, go ahead. Um, Obviously, it's hard for me to like Dallas as a Giants fan. Oh, but really? I wouldn't notice. <laughs> top three is definitely, um, at least I believe, out of the picture. I think Dan Quinn did a nice job with the defense last year to make improvements. I think most of their improvements came from the fact that they had the defensive rookie of the year, um, Micah Parsons. But I think they have a long way to go. Look, Leighton Vanderesk is their other middle linebacker. He's been injury prone since he had his one good year. I think it was his rookie year. He burst on the scene. But since then, he kind of fell off. It's the injuries. I believe it was a neck injury, if I'm not mistaken. It's all sorts of stuff. Neck, back. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs, uh, he's had his struggles, but... I mean, he's serviceable. He's better than 
other options that are starting <laughs> on other teams. I think that's the best way to put that. I do like the Malik Hooker pickup they had this year. I think Hooker could possibly prosper in the um, defensive system of Dan Quinn. He's coming over from Indy, if I'm not mistaken. And then, you know, Anthony Barr's not bad at the Will linebacker spot. Uh, but on the D-line, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, he's getting up there in age. And as Grant said, they did lose Randall Gregory. So I think they're going to have trouble yeah, getting up. Randall Cobb. <laughs> yeah, I did almost say Randall Cobb. Um, <laughs> they did. I think they're going to have trouble being in the top five, top three. Top 10 I could see, but I think realistically they're a top 13 defense in the league. I think that they're in the same conversation with the Steelers. Being in that kind of realm. I think the Steelers have a much worse defense, but I can see what I can see what you're I can yeah. see what you're saying. I think Jeff. Dallas has. I mean, I think they definitely have a ceiling of around top five. We'll just see what exactly happens. I still don't even think it matters because I don't think they come close to the division. I, I mean, the Eagles run away with it. That's that's why the Eagles I'm saying. should. Something right. just they tells should. me on paper they, they should. Like, here's what's going to happen. I I will tell you how Daniel the Jones entire season Allen, in the NFC East is going to pan out. Cowboys are going to start off hot. People are going to start to retract their statements and be like, oh, man, the Eagles were overrated to start the year. Uh, Cowboys probably start off like 5-1, and 5-2, and two, and then they'll hit a middle-of-the-season wall where they'll really slow down, and the Eagles will slowly climb, climb back in after maybe a few games here and there where people you know, start to think that the Eagles are struggling. No one will miss talk about the Cowboys or Giants, except if you're in uh, the tri-state area. Eagles will climb back in the division. They'll probably be tied around like week 14, week 15. Uh, Cowboys will have like one really truly horrible game. Stephen A. Smith will hop on first take uh, <laughs> that Monday do his with a cigar in his mouth, laughing. Cowboys lose a division, probably make the wild card. Eagles win it at like eleven I'm just and five. Saying, That's what it will happen. Just, just. I think saying. most of us, if we've I'm seen, you, it's I'm like mo- it's it. like Mike Lupica. If we've not, seen the story <laughs> before. Yeah. If not all of us were able to go through the schedule week by week for each team, and it's definitely interesting in the NFC East. It's not. I don't think. <laughs> the teams are as bad as they were last year and the year before. The year before, I, when a team I, under 500 I mean, made yes, it. Yes. My Cowboys Manners, team. My, my, Cowboy, my Cowboys prediction is interesting. What do you have them as? Oh, I have them not making the playoffs. Oh, I don't either. Neither do I. I think, oh, the Eagles wow. are no, I think they, they squeaked in I have the them at 7, 10 and 7. There's a lane. But I don't have them making the playoffs. I hate to say it. There is a lane that the Giants actually get over 500. Their schedule uh, teeters, it teeters on the uh, fact that there's some teams going in on paper that right, we don't we think You would have had me if Blake Martinez and James Bradbury were still in. We could have potentially. I, I wish, Joe, that it would argue for his Giants. Uh, not I mean, at all. I wish I could argue for my commanders, I've too. been there, done that. I know, man. Like, if we were to rewind maybe three years ago back when I was oh. a feisty uh, uh, at the time right Washington there. Redskins fan oh, right we would be able to sit at this table and argue for Name hours redacted, I used to though. argue with my Cowboys friends back home yeah, I'll be and alone. it's really I'll be boring that I can't anymore because I just ASM. have no faith in the Commanders you have no faith in the Giants Cowboys fans have kind of come to expect disappointment. The Josh NFC has East no faith in his Steelers since they drafted that, Kenny Pickett I live on this show. I have faith have, for them to realize that Kenny more, Pickett is not a NFL caliber One more question, and it comes from a person who's a actually been on Familiar face of this show last let's, season. Yeah, let's go through that one quick because I do want to go back to your point about the Giants finishing um, above 500. I do, because I, I said wait, there's a lane. I don't I, personally okay, have him, but okay. there's a lane All right, All right the it. question uh, from Jude. I will talk – about how the Giants will be the worst team in the NFL this year. I don't I'll know about that about one. It. We'll talk about it. Question from Jews. Who is a no-name NFL exists. player that will put the world on notice this year? Justin Start. Oh, 
Justin's right starting. off the bat. Yeah, he didn't start the other ones. Oh, but I have a really, I have a really go, go, one. Josh, because right, I'm Josh, trying to go. look through. He's deferring. So, I'm gonna struggle to say his last name, but I. Cavalella, it's yeah, it's no. not. No, shut <laughs> up, Chevy. So, there's a guy in Denver that has a pretty nice spot for himself because Noah Fant is gone, and that is Mr. Yes. 260 pound <laughs> man, love it, Albert Okwegbunam. Okwegbunam. That dude, no one outside of Denver has heard of this man. He is in a perfect spot. The sec- he was in- he was only targeted like I think 40 times last season something like that. Not bad but for But he averaged 7 and a half yards after the catch and he he was just one of those guys. I mean, he's 260. He you can use him in the pass ball, use him in the run block, use him in the run game and the pass game obviously. And with Russell Wilson, a guy who he's got good receivers. You got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. If those guys are covered, Albert's going to be there for a nice little check down, get plenty of yardage, and he's he's able to break away for those big plays. He is in a perfect spot to have an absolutely monster season. I think he's in the perfect scenario with Russell Wilson, the guy that can't see over his offensive line, and he happens to be this <laughs> massive dude. They have a good O-line, dude. too. Garrett, they, have a great Super Bowls. O- they have a great O-line. I think, I think, I think he could be really something. I think he's going to be so good that I have him as my potential tight end one in fantasy, but that's neither here nor there. He... He is – I think he's got to be – he's my number one candidate. I don't know if it's anyone else's number one candidate. I know that Grant likes him. the pick. Yeah. Lo- love the guy. I think he's going to have a monster season. I, I could have possibly three of them. Now, one of them we spent 40 minutes on talking about. Oh, so not really no name. But I will say I think Kirk Cousins has a very good year this year. But he's not really no name. So I go to the NFC South where there's another quarterback who people have written off, which is Marcus Mariota. For the Falcons. However, since he's technically also not no name, I'm going to the Panthers and wide receiver LaVisca Chenault, who they just picked up from Jacksonville. Interesting. If you look at Carolina, their receiving corpse is in a very odd place, I think is the best way to put it. Robbie Anderson Anderson has not done what he was. He was good with the Jets. He's been injured, but yeah. He was Sam Darnold's favorite and basically only target when he was there, and he looked good. DJ Moore's not terrible. Since getting to Carolina, um... Robbie Anderson has not been the same. It almost looked like he wanted out like midway through last year. He probably did with his quarterback options. You obviously have DJ Moore, who isn't awful. He's, you know, you can't put him up in like the very top of the league, but he's a mid average, you know, wide receiver. And I think it works, but that opens a lane for Chenault. And Chenault's a big player who came out of the draft, I believe, last year, two years ago. And, you know, I mean, maybe not big because he's 6'1", not the best for a receiver, but 600 yards each of the last two seasons in Jacksonville. I really think Chenault has a chance to be something in Carolina, especially with Baker Mayfield. He's an upgrade over Darnold. We'll have to see how big of an upgrade Baker Mayfield actually is. But I think Chenault could become a wide receiver, not one, I think more will assume that role, but a good two or three there in Carolina to – really take on the um, one of the receiving roles for Baker Mayfield, especially because they don't really have a set tight end option, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. They don't really have anyone like they used to, like Greg Olson. So I think Chenault could really carve out a nice role in Carolina, and I'm actually glad that he got the change of scenery. Wow, we're all going the same position, at oh, least well, for now. No, at I'm least not. for now. Albert's a tight end. Albert's I, a tight end. I know. I uh, thought you said a tight end too. You didn't? No, I did it. I'm a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were. I thought you were saying he was a tight end. I'm not. Here we go. So, I'm going with this guy not only because his name is awesome, 
but he's on a team that could be pretty exciting this year. Oh, he's on the Raiders. Oh, he's a linebacker. Nick Not, Kwiatkowski. Not him. <laughs> Not him. I don't even think he's on the Raiders anymore. Oh, I think he's I just on, like his name. Yeah, he's on the Falcons now. Um, it's not Denzel Perryman. It's not Jayon Brown. Say it, Grant. Say it, Grant. Even better name. Divine Diablo. Does anybody here know who that is? Divine Diablo. This guy, okay, he didn't play a whole lot last year until the last, like, few games of the season. This is a typical, like, Madden move. They moved him from safety to linebacker because he's fast and he's jacked. And he's starting this year at weak side linebacker, but... Not only that, he's in Patrick Graham's defense. Patrick Graham loves weak side linebackers, and he loves guys that can move. Patrick Graham is also a great defensive coordinator, yeah, and I believe should be get another yes. chance at head coach. But so he uh, he came in last year. They moved him from safety to linebacker like mid season, and then like the last four games of the season, he was unbelievable. This guy was flying all over the field, and now that he's in Patrick Graham's scheme, who loves linebackers that can move. This guy could come in and not only lead the team in tackles, but he could be a household name for the rest of the league. Uh, but are we done with that? Because real quick, I want to touch well, on the Giants. I didn't, I didn't oh, you didn't? Yet. Oh, go no, for it. Go for it. My bad. I might actually hold you to that next week because I want to see the Giants in full swing, and if they end up doing good, I'll come on and argue for them All for right, the cool. division. All right, awesome. I'll but, argue awesome. with them either way. Yeah. I'm so, not saying they're winning the division or making the playoffs. Oh, I don't want to hear Giants right. in playoffs Here's in the, the same thing. sentence. I can go eight different directions with this question, but a lot of them you kind of already knew. I could have went in the Homer and – Aziz Ojolari, if I really wanted a, a an exotic name like I all mean, y'all guys bad, brought though. out, but too, too you kind of already know. He's, he's injured week one too. He's I got, I got that. Uh, I could go Damian Pierce, but the fantasy faithful have already <laughs> already put his name out there and yeah. said, hey, he's gonna do really good. He's not. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. They don't have a. Line. I think that also, everyone. I think that everyone and, and what I was saying about the tight ends, everybody is missing a key thing. Who just retired? Rob Gronkowski. You haven't heard Cameron Brait's name since he was drafted and had to, you know, kind of go for the spot with O.J. Howard. And then Rob Gronkowski just came in and said, hey, I'm not retiring. Tommy, let's win another one. Let's go for uh, let's go for number eight. And then obviously he retires before he gets to that point. But Tom Brady's number one targeted position, even it still being Rob Gronkowski, you still had – you know, other rotating pieces in and out of, you know, either sending Braden on double tight end packages in, in Tampa or having other people kind of float in the role in New England. Cameron Brait is a very good tight end that just played the backup role to the greatest tight end to ever walk the planet. And then you're telling me that he's not going to have a great season right now? And you're going to tell me, oh, Tom Brady's so old, this is going to be the year he falls off the cliff. Uh, if you haven't noticed, he left practice for a week because he's having maritable troubles. You want to know what's going through his mind right now? Football ain't leaving me. Football's staying true. <laughs> Football's the one thing I've had, and it's not going away. Until he he's he's going to have a three. new mentality to football that he hasn't had since, you know, he he won his other Super Bowl. He's always had that mentality that football is always going to be here. That's why he didn't retire. He came back. So he's on another wavelength in his mind. And his number one position is a tall tight end. Guess what? Cameron Brate's 6'5". He's young. He's youthful. What I said Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph is 30 now. 
and he was hardly doing anything as pretty much the starter in New York because Evan Ingram couldn't catch. So Cameron Brate's going to have a star-struck season I this like year. I like that pick a lot. Cameron's like a good Cameron pick. <laughs> Joe's, Joe's having a back. phenomenal show, well, guys, Bray, besides Bray, the besides the me not knowing who Henderson was. <laughs> bring back Brate because oh, Brate, like Joe said, he competed with Howard. He had a pretty nice role carved out with. I still him. think OJ Howard could be a good tight end. Oh, in this I also too. agree with you. It's just he, <laughs> he got cut. He got cut by the Bills. He, he, Did he? Yeah, he's yeah. gone. He he's, also keeps getting injured. He's out of the so league. Not, he's not That's helping true. himself. Oh man, I, I, uh, that's a great I, way. I, to honestly, gonna have a great I, day. I, I, I'm going to leave that at that. I'd like to talk about the Giants Brace super quick. Right. Do, we, do we have time for the Giants real quick? If you want to go into it, yes. Do we? Right. We're over. We're over time. I mean, did that stop us behind last us? Year? Not who's behind us? I got we places do to go. We have a show behind us this year. What time? Do we? I don't remember, but it's I like saw five, it right? It's like five, right? Five, I think. Oh, All well, right, you got time, like five minutes. Okay, tell me how. Tell me why. Uh, <laughs> tell me how a lineup with Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. Kenny Galladay, Mr. Uh, <laughs> what do I even call him? He can't the, run the, routes. The, Unfortunately, him and the it, highest paid worst player. He's Walmart Allen Robinson right now because Allen Robinson unfortunately will be tree. joining his, uh, his Dollar, Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree. Robinson. No, because I think no, that Allen Robinson is regressing too. Now, so that means Anyways, you have to give a little bit more value. Daniel Jones, <laughs> Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard and uh, Darius Slade will probably be heard in Wandale the next two Robertson. weeks. Wandale uh, yeah, well, Robertson? Yeah, Wandale. not Robertson. But just, uh, uh, Daniel Bellinger. Okay, look. I tripped over my We're going to break this down. Daniel Jones, I'd say he's good for a maximum of six wins with the weapons that he has around and him. And 12 because Sa- fumbles. Saquon is bound to get hurt. I'm sorry. It's bound to happen. Like, I feel like we. this is a story that we've gone through so many times. It's once again, it's like that a... Uh, one L you have a, said a, so It's far. like a Mike Lupica book. We know that Saquon God, I love that is we pro- keep bringing probably going to get hurt. Um, but anyways, I Kenny Galladay, so wide receiver one, not happening. It, he might get 600, 700 yards on the season. Oh, I wide receiver one core, one so far. Wide receiver core: Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, probably going to get hurt. I the mean, X factors in the wide receiver room: two are and Kadarius, one right now. Kadarius Tony and Wondell Robinson. Robinson. I love Kadarius Tony. Kadarius we Tony know is what like we'll get from Shepard, which is about ten games, and then yeah. six, seven of them he'll miss with injury. Slayton will know that he's going to drop the p- ball if yes. it comes his way. For Galladay. Sure, we're I don't necessarily wait. Hold on, I don't think necessarily that Slayton's going to drop the ball. Slayton is terrible hands. Slayton's ter- he's listen, good but running, he also is hands. is if you want to argue it or not, he is Daniel Jones's number one liked option. That is so, true. Until I, he gets hurt. I, then, I mean, um, who am I missing? Galladay, Wondell we, Robinson, we, we and Kadarius Tony. Yeah, well, uh, they're their X factors, but. Kenny Galladay, we want to hope is better and goes back to what he did in Detroit. No, it's not going to happen. Okay, thank but, you. He's also yeah, no, not I, give the, uh, I, I don't disagree with the fact that on paper it doesn't look good, but you never know. Kadarius Tony, I will say. If he if, stays healthy. Kadarius Tony, if he stays healthy, is a guy that could have 1,300 yards from scrimmage this year. Watch out I for truly Richie believe. James, by the way. Uh, Richie James, he's like the sixth string wide receiver. He, no, but <laughs> he's like the sixth string wide receiver. I know, I know, I know. I he was Alex decent on the Niners. He's a pretty speedy, elusive guy. Why are we talking guy. about a team that's going to go Anyways, like 3 and 14? Offensive line. Because I'm arguing that, he's gonna, that they're going to get 3 and 14. Uh, offensive line. Of course, there's high hopes for Evan Neal. I think he could have a rookie season pretty similar to Andrew Thomas where they're like, oh, wow, this guy's kind of a bust. Like, it might take him a little bit to break in. 
Um, interior offensive line is awful. Ben Bredesen, John Feliciano, and Mark Lewinsky. That's terrible. That's really bad. And you expect Saquon to run the ball at that offensive line? That, that's not happening. I don't think uh, it's that. John I don't Feliciano, think it's good. I don't think it's that this is bad. The best. It, John Feliciano is serviceable. The, the guards have been able to stay healthy. This is the best line that been Barkley able to stay has healthy. had since he got in the line. In that's the pretty sad. That's pretty a, bad. He had one heck of a year with a bad line back yeah. in his rookie year. Yes. I get it. It's been a while since we saw it, him healthy. It has been a while. But this is the best O-line the Giants have had in a while. And This is the best Giants O-line look, they had you, since 2011. The chart, That's depressing. And uh, I, did the, I say it wasn't? On no. the depth chart, Josh Azedu is second okay, string me. guard. But he he's is... Good. He's, he's good. He could be good. He will be one of these starting he's a future guards starter, by the yes. end of the year. Josh Azudu uh, is a future starter. He's a future starter. And Nick Gates is another wild card. If he comes back, he, yes. he was solid right up front. Uh, yes, I know. If Nick Gates, once he comes back, and he'll take that spot from John Feliciano, this is a line that could be decent. And by decent, I mean bottom 12. Uh, bottom 12 isn't going to get you anything close to 500. Um, take a look at the defense. Pass oh rush, defensive line is actually pretty solid. Aziz Ojolari, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau. Don't start me on the linebackers. You can pretty skip solid. right over them. The Offensive linebackers, linebackers. horrible. Secondary, Secondary, you're starting Aaron Could Robinson and Adoree Jackson. Aaron Robinson, I thought, had some potential. I liked him. He was horrible in the preseason. Cordell, two names. Cordell Flott. Cordell Flott, young guy. I know, I know, I know. Darnay Holmes is also kind of a playmaker in the secondary. These are, but he's like a these dollar tree what for you, Chevy, though. That's the thing. No, uh, if you watch the preseason, these are the guys that yes, it's also against Yes, preseason. I know. This is it's also in the preseason against that's guys true. that are now working at Subway. Um, John, <laughs> so... Was that a you bit look, of Joe Callahan-esque coming out of Grant Sheets? A uh, little bit. Okay, a little Miles There's one person that we've said so far. It's Keep going. Inside linebacker Austin Calatro. He played. Wow. He Austin Calatro. No, no, no. Okay. He played Tay Crowder, the greatest Mr. Irrelevant Calitro to ever played there. against the third and fourth stringers. He legit played against the subway workers. Yeah. The other guys starting. were up there in he's terms starting. of first and second team reps. Yep. Calatro. Third and fourth legit played against the subway Listen, workers. listen. First I, team reps except teams are saying, okay, we're going to play McCaffrey one drive. We're going to play DJ Moore one drive. And then all I of think, a sudden you're okay, playing. I think, McCaffrey, if he plays more than one drive, is going to break both of his Listen, I think we're starting in another episode. I think the only L that I think you've said is the bound to get injured because I, to, to me, I understand that Saquon has been hurt three times unlucky in the last injuries. two years. Unlucky injuries, I know, unlucky, Two yes. of the three unlucky. injuries were fighting yeah. with a man on his back on the sideline, and the yep. third one was the flukiest thing I've what ever seen against the Cowboys. What happened once is bound to happen again. Yeah, yeah, but if it's it's happened, the NFL. Think, but Joe, Wait, if it's happened three here, times. While we're here, Graham Gano is still our kicker, so we got almost a guaranteed three points huh, every time, and nice. now I say that he's going to miss them all. They can only you lose say it's going to be a guaranteed three points because our offense isn't going to be able to put it in the end zone. Three points is better than none. So they'll only lose 27-3 to to the Titans on Sunday. That's unfortunate. By the way, by the way, I will say one of my boldest takes this season is that the Titans are going to have a horrific year. It starts week one. The Giants win week one. Have yourself a great no, weekend. I don't no, think Enjoy no, the first no, weekend no. of the NFL oh, all right, season. All right, all right, We're, we're going to bring this back next Friday after the Titans. Oh, if the Giants beat the Titans, I'm coming in okay. arguing for the Giants division. I don't care. Giants will not score over 10 points on Sunday. No, that's you my can't take. even say that. Gi- I can. Say that with Giants, a straight face. Giants, right, the Commies won't score oh, more than seven. Oh, that's a completely different topic. Why are we talking about, talking about the Commanders? Why are you talking about the Giants? Because of your team sucks. Listen, listen, listen. So does yours. Listen. Okay, and I'm, I've taken that. I know that my team sucks, well, but I have a good coach. At least they're going to have that will, more than hey, six wins. Listen, listen. My not. team will. Hey, my listen. Top. To even it out, Jaguars are going to beat the Commanders. I'm fine with that. We're talking about the Giants, though, because the Giants, 
Mike Vrabel is not going to allow Daniel Jones to score more than 10 points. It's simple. It's like one plus one is two. A, B, C. It's the alphabet. It's, Mike it's, Vrabel it's, it's, it's is not going turkey, to. lettuce, and tomato, please. Pretty I think mu- it's as easy as spelling Chevalella, which isn't too easy. Uh, okay. But Mike Vrabel is mastermind head coach. You really think that it's going it, to. He might not lose a second of sleep over a week one contest. New, new season, whatever. He's going to sleep like a baby, knowing that he is to wake up from his hotel the next morning and go and play Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay, yeah, it's a wash. Uh, score prediction: I'm gonna go 27 to. I'll go six. I'll go. Uh, I was thinking 27 no six. Field goals. Go 10. I'll give them 10. 27 10. They'll probably score early on in the game, make them hopeful. Daniel Jones, like two picks. Right, just before they'll before, ever have wait, before wait, we hold on, before uh, uh, do you have a long thing to say? No, I was just gonna say okay, before go. we go, Josh and I will be on the airs at 8 a.m. with State College Saturdays tomorrow. Yes, so sir. Uh, but, yeah, that's my prediction, 27 to 10. I'll give him 10 points. They right. won't score more than 10, but we'll be back here Friday to because, talk about because it. Because Grant has started a new episode within an episode, we are calling next week's uh, phone booth episode the uh, episode of the fandoms, and we're coming in and playing Friday night football oh. uh, quarterback. I mean, wait, Friday Night Lights by Mike Lapine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I think he did write a book. All we will each, each break down the greatest our fandoms that just so happens that me and Chevy will tag team the Giants. After week one. After Unfortunately, all of our teams lose week one, can we then like have this conversation? Oh, this is, yes, this is, that's why I'm saying right, that's good. Now. All right, I like that. And that's uh, where no. we're going to leave it. All right, So cool. for Grant Sheets, the, the commies fan, for Josh Bartosik. You can the, say that. There you the, go. the 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 Kenny Pickett number one fan, the Justin Chevalella, the MOB's greatest CBA writer, and Joe Callahan, expert research on all things NFL and not just Jerry Rice and Daryl Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are Phone Blues. Please turn in next week where we try to bat our heads for our favorite NFL same team. Same time, same place, same place. Well, at least three thirty on Fridays. <laughs> Thank you for listening and uh, have a great one, guys.